hey, let's get some rest. Settle in, and I will try to help you meditate on a passage of Scripture. In this case, Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And we'll fill our minds with Scripture and seek true rest in a restless world. Uh, before we do, special hello to listeners in, and I'm going to mispronounce it, Central Visayas in the Philippines. Uh, glad you guys found the podcast. Glad you found it wherever you are. Really glad you're listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, think of one other person that you know personally that might benefit from this and try to remember to tell them about it. I would love to see the podcast grow. I love to think that people are meditating on scripture instead of some of the more empty meditation apps and things that people do to try to get some sleep or get some rest. All right, let's jump in. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Matthew's been writing this gospel. He's been trying to make a case for the Jews that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, the long-awaited Savior King that they had been waiting for for generations. And so he just described his birth, and now it says in chapter 2, verse 1, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. So we'll stop there and give it some thought. So Jesus has been born. So at this stage, Jesus is a baby, a little child. We don't know exactly how much time had passed by this stage, uh, but he's somewhere in the infant toddler realm. And that alone is something to pause and just consider. How do you usually picture Jesus? Like what age? We've all had people in our lives that it's hard to imagine them as children. Um, I find it kind of hard to imagine Jesus as a child, especially because we know that he was sinless. He never sinned. So what in the world would a child who never sins be like? Maybe you have children. Can you imagine them in their earliest years without any sin, without having to correct them, without having to tell them to say you're sorry or anything like that? What in the world? But that's not what this passage is actually about, so that's kind of a tangent. Let's actually get back into the text. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, so right there, that's fulfilling prophecies from hundreds of years before. In the days of Herod the king, so Matthew is settling this in history, the Christian faith is a historic faith. It's not just philosophy. Uh, it's not just a result of visions and things like that. It is rooted in history. Jesus really lived. He lived in historic times that corresponded with other things that happened in history, like the reign of Herod the king. So in this place and at this time, it says, Behold, wise men or magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And what were they doing? Verse 2, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? So already there's this recognition from these foreigners 
that something big has happened and the long-awaited king of the Jews has been born. So again, how do you usually picture Jesus? We want to picture him and think of him and know him as the king. What would be different about your life if you lived in light of the fact that Jesus is the king? Not just king of the Jews, he is the king of kings. And if you're a Christian, you are a citizen of his kingdom. So what, what would have been different about the day you just lived if you had lived perfectly in light of that fact? What will be different about tomorrow because you will determine to live in light of the fact that Jesus is the King. They said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So there's some mysterious stuff going on here. These, these wise men, these magi came from the east and they came because they saw a star in the sky that, that they somehow knew represented and would lead them to the king of the Jews. And they came uh, not just to gawk at him or to take a selfie in front of him and post it on Instagram or anything like that. They came to worship him, which is the right response to Jesus. It's worship. Uh, we are not a very intentionally worshipful society, at least not in America where I am. We are way more casual and our appreciation of things. We understand being fans of things or liking things or following things, but we don't really understand uh, worshiping things very much. To worship is to um, recognize and celebrate and respond to the value of something, the, the worthiness of something. So the posture is uh, a bowing down before something. It's a recognition that something is greater than you are. So take a moment and just adjust the dials and settings in your heart toward Jesus. Uh, don't just be a fan of Jesus. Don't just be pro-Jesus. Don't just you know like Jesus on social media or follow Jesus on social media or you know in that vein. To approach Jesus correctly is to worship Him. So give that some thought. Do you worship King Jesus?
I find a lot of people around here, at least, are pro-Jesus. They like the idea of Jesus, but they certainly don't worship Him. There's no humble reverence or awe in relation to Him, no uh, obedience related to Him. But the wise men did. They came to worship Him. Now, verse 3, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Now, why would Herod the king be troubled that these people came from the east looking for the one who was born king of the Jews to worship him? Why would King Herod be troubled? Why would all Jerusalem be troubled with King Herod? Well, it's not explaining it yet. It's just telling the story. It says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. So at this stage, there's not a sense of like Christmas time anticipation and warmth and loveliness. There's a sense of foreboding, a sense of trouble. Uh, there's distress in the streets of Jerusalem as these magi arrive looking for the king of the Jews. So King Herod was troubled, all Jerusalem with him, verse 4, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So what does the king do in his troubled state as the Magi arrive? He assembles some people together. Who does he assemble together? He assembles the highest-ranking Jewish religious leaders, the chief priests and the scribes. Why does he assemble the chief priests and scribes? He needs to inquire something of them. He needs information from them. What is this information that he needs? He wants to know where the Christ, the Messiah, the long-awaited Savior King, the king of the Jews was supposed to be born. So now there's like a race on to find Jesus, the king of the Jews. Verse 5, they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So they know what to expect based on the Old Testament. He would be born in Bethlehem. And we know a little bit more about what they were expecting. He would be a ruler, and he would shepherd God's people, Israel. So we're fortifying our understanding of Jesus. We're thinking of him as our king. We need to think of him also as our ruler. He rules God's people. people God's people follow his edicts and commands. And he shepherds God's people like a shepherd guiding and caring for sheep. And all of these form the, the multifaceted ways that we relate to Jesus. So are you subjecting yourself to Jesus as your king and ruler? Are you submitting to Jesus's guidance and care as your shepherd? 
if you are restless right now, could it be that it's because you're not relating to Jesus correctly? He is the most important figure in all of human history. You can be off in your relationship with a lot of people and it not disturb your peace. Uh, the, the random stranger in the supermarket, um, somebody from elementary school that uh, you never set things straight with. But you can't be off in your relationship with Jesus and expect to be at peace. So are you subjecting yourself to him as your king and ruler? Are you submitting to him as your shepherd? I think that's a good place to stop rather than going on into the next paragraph. We can save that. We'll just leave you thinking about your relationship with Jesus, how you view him, how you approach him. And I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for this dear brother, this dear sister listening right now. And pray that you would draw them into a healed and good and close relationship to you through faith in Jesus. And that you would set right their relationship with Jesus, that they would worship him. That they would submit to him and that they would view him correctly. In Jesus' name, amen.